Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line in the afternoon. Sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go on fishing for Banyan Country. Hey, we're kicking off the weekend with a great show today. We're going to hear what's happening up on Rainy Lake with Bruce Jean. Mandy Urich has been out catching fish in the Brainerd Lakes area. We'll check in with her. And if you're listening to the radio show, you're probably going to want to head over to the podcast because we have a podcast bonus today as well with Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, it's time to check in with Bruce Jean. We check in with him to find out what's going on on Rainy Lake several times a year. It's been too long. Bruce, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kev. Good chatting with you again. So you, uh, I was just talking to somebody else, too, uh, Jason Durham, who, uh, like you, is an educator or in education uh, when he is not guiding fish. He's getting ready to go back to school. I know you you got that same issue, too, now. We do, we do. You know, in the principal world, we start a little bit earlier, so the guide season's kind of downshifted a lot, going to long weekends and, and so on. But um, it's it's time for school, and it's time for maybe masking up and, uh, <laughs> you know, doing all the things that COVID is bringing for us. That's for sure. Uh, it was nice not to wear masks for a while. Um, I don't know how, you know, so far I'm, you know, I'm not in a school, so I'm, I'm okay, but that could change at any moment. Uh, nonetheless... Uh, we can get out there and do the fishing and all that type of thing. Um, I'm real curious, Bruce, um, this year for you up on Rainy, because Rainy has a little bit of a different vibe than a lot of lakes in Minnesota. Um, you know, we've had a lot of lakes that have been really, really affected by the drought as far as water temps go and as far as the depth of the water. A lot of lakes are very low. What's going on Rainy in that regard? Yep, good question. Well, first of all, Rainy maintained pretty well. You know, Rainy Lake is is maintained by the dam. There's actually a series of dams, but there's a dam on in International Falls, and then there's a dam at Kettle Falls, and that regulates the five primary bodies of water that make up Voyager's National Park. So Rainy Lake, um, Namakin, Crane, Cab Togoma, and so on. So um, the, the lake levels of Rainy have been holding pretty steady until recently. Rainy River and Lake of the Woods were low, and therefore the water system that regulates you know the flowage out of the international falls dam started letting water out of rainy and, and um that has impacted the levels greatly um we're losing about a half an inch a day and it was dropping pretty fast there i know we got some rain today and and it's you know it's rained a little bit the basin itself is getting good amounts of rain so that's helping but uh the water temperatures about a month ago were as high as I've ever seen them, even in the middle of August when it's supposed to be, you know, that high. I mean, we had 84, 85 surface temps, mm. you know, and granted, everybody was in the middle 90s for temperature. So, of course, that surface is going to be high. But um, the thermocline really uh, branched down, which is kind of an interesting thing to see, but you can see it on your electronics. Um, but, yeah, you know, the water levels are, are probably eight inches low now than um, they normally are and if we don't get some rain it's going to be an interesting fall to see what happens uh, moving forward what has that meant for where the fish are has that changed anything you know it's an interesting question because 
the fish have been different all summer. Mm. And, you know, talking with the other guides, you know, the last couple of weeks, we were in the middle of July, 4th of July till the 20th of July, fishing in 12 to 14 feet of water, 95 degree temperature, bright, sunny day. The fish are on top of the reefs. None of that is normal. None of that is ever where the fish have been. And, you know, we'd fish deep. We'd see fish at 35 feet. That's where they're normally at. They wouldn't go. We'd, we'd troll on top of the reefs and, and or on top of the break lines, and, and that's that's where we were getting our limits of fish. So it was it was an odd year, but the reason they're there, and, and it, has, it has to do with the water temperature. It has to do with the feed of the bait fish, but... The bait fish are are in larger numbers than I've ever seen in the past. So we're seeing a lot of smaller schools of shiners. Um, you know, lately the fat, last few times I've had, um, you know, three or four uh, larger shiners puked up from the walleyes in the live well. And that means that they're feeding on those shiners that are higher on the reefs. And, and um, you know how the old saying goes, match a hatch. So. If you had shiners to use, that's what would be biting well. But uh, it's, it's been an interesting year, especially for location of fish. And, and uh, you know, you got to keep keep moving around. Um, some some advice for the fishing component to it. When you're fishing and, and using your electronics, fish over the fish for a little bit. If they're not biting, try fish at different depths. You know, we're seeing them in three, four different depth areas from 42 feet, 34 feet, 26, and still at 12 and 14. And you got to try them all. And if they're not biting at one depth, try the fish at a different depth. But that's the key to electronics is finding where the bait fish are. And you can actually see those clouds of bait fish on your grass, and, and that's where the fish are at and the feeding fish. Does it look any different as far as numbers go? Is the, fi- is the fishery still pretty healthy? Uh that's a good question, and uh, one I'd like to see what happens in the next couple of years. We are seeing probably at least two to three times the amount of fishermen on Rainy than we have in the last 10 years. Mm. The people are, are going as far north as they possibly can to get the northern experience. You know, those that used to go to Canada and so on, they're coming as far north as they can. The resorts are slammed. They're they're lodging is full the hotels are filling up you know i mean it's it's been a great summer for the rainy lake area but the fish are are a unique um breed right now and the the bigger keeper fish are are harder to find we're catching a lot of fish from 10 to 13 inches and does a 13 inch make a good uh shore lunge absolutely but if you're looking to bring some fish home you want to have a little more meat on them than that so but I, I think it's definitely impacting the fishing. Um, to to what extent we won't know. I don't think for a couple more years. But we're you know we're still going out. We're limiting out. We're you know our clients are bringing fish home. So it it you know the bite is still good. Um, and you know some people are having a little more success than others. But um, I, I believe that the fishing pressure, um, Canada closure, uh, the the advance of the electronics. Um, there's just a lot of variables that are causing the fishing to, to really be um, struggling, I think, in the catch ratio on Rainy Lake um, lately. So we'll see what happens in the future, though. One of the things that you've talked to me about in the past is typically Rainy is not a lake that has the, uh, the dog days doldrums as much as others. Um, same thing this year? Absolutely. 
you know, and, and like I said, in, in the normal dog days of, of other lakes, um, you know, the green algae, um, Rainy's a deep lake. I mean, it's 180, 190 feet deep. It's generally a cold, um, you know, there's no bluegills. There's no, uh, you know, we don't have the warmer water fish that it has. And when the other lakes heat up and shut down, Rainy starts to pick up. And, and um, you know, we haven't had any of that shut down. It's been transitioned. You know, right now the fish are are a little bit deeper than they have been in the last few weeks. So it's been a search and and uh, and you know catch that way. Um, but no, you know, and and while while being in the dog days, you got to have everything. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have the minnows. You have to bring leeches, and using night crawlers and slow death has has been working as well. So there's a lot of options to use when you're fishing rainy, and that's the nice thing about it. It's not like a a black duck lake where they're only fishing with red tails or, you know, I mean, it, you have all kinds of variety when you're fishing rainy and, and people of all skill levels have success on it. Of course, there's been some issues up north. Uh, I know, you know, Quetico's uh, had some wildfires. They're concerned about it getting over to the boundary waters. Um, how close is that stuff to, to where you, where rainy is and where uh, Voyagers is? Right. And they're very, they're, I mean, they're, fires that are very close to the rainy lake basin and, and um, you know just northwest in canada there are 30 40 miles and if we have a strong northwest wind you you can barely see islands as you're heading out i mean yeah. it's a thick fog haze and i mean everybody's seen it in the mm-hmm. entire state of minnesota entire midwest and um but it's exceptionally strong and um there were a few days there where it was actually burning the eyes it was it was mm. so intense it, um we had a, a trip cut short due to a, an asthmatic uh, client so you know it's it's uh it's an issue um and if we don't get a little more rain i think it could be a tough fall as well so either the fire ban is still on up on the voyagers national park area um rainy lake so and i i think down to bemidji as well kev i i'm not sure about that mm-hmm. yeah it is it is um but yep. i was just curious as to how close some of those fires are coming to uh voyagers right now Right. Well, and there was one in the park. Uh, I just read from our superintendent that it, it uh, knocked out 17 acres. That was a lightning strike mm. fire. Um, and so that one uh, was contained, I think, fairly quickly. Nice job with the, the national park there. There's some just, like I said, just northwest, 30, 40, 50 miles. Um, but if you look at maps of fires burning, they're all over the state. And they're not big, but there's a lot of them in the area. And, and you know, it's important to watch your spark you know, in all aspects, you know, and, and I, I could list all the things that are potential causes for fires, but we really need to be careful out there because it's, it's dry everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, I know it's not your species, but you know, there's a lot of bass on that lake. A lot of people fish bass up there. Are we seeing a pretty good bass here from what you've heard? It, it has been. And, and uh, yes, Kevin, I do a guide for smallmouth. We had a good trip the other oh. day. We were we were we were using uh, some different techniques, and, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun when the bass do it because they they dig. They're good fighters, and and I had a couple kids in the boat that just had to blast, you know, catching smallmouth on the top of humps and break lines up up in the shallow. So you know we're we're having a lot of success with them. I, I worry about how that's gonna you know the warm water and, and what that's going to do to their spawning um you know but i yeah i think for the most part i think all species had a good spawn this year and and especially the smallmouth so uh any other lakes you've been fishing lately 
Well, uh, for the last couple months, I've been solely on uh, Rainy Lake. I, I did get down to the river, and uh, um, I, I went after some, some muskies the other day, and, and that was a good time. Um, didn't boat any, but saw some decent ones. So you want to talk about low water, <laughs> Rainy River, the big fork, the little fork. There's oh. nothing for water there. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, to live in Minnesota is a fisherman's dream, and, and you have all aspects of fishing and um, but yeah, fishing, fishing on rainy has just been outstanding. It's, it's been a great fall. And if you want to see some fun fish pictures, check out the rainy lake guiding, um, Facebook page. I, I just loaded up about 90 pictures of clients in the last month and, and I just post by the month. But I mean, we, we had, I would say probably 40 walleyes over 26, 27 inches in this month. And, and, you know, that's, that's a lot of big fish, but big pike, uh, you know, 20 inch smallmouth some 15 inch crappies i mean it's it's been a fun big fish summer and and uh it, you know if if you're listening and you want to make a trek an hour and a half um the boat landing is free the 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 trip up there you know stop at any of the bait stores up there and, and uh you know they'll point you in the right direction as well or give me a call or email we'll get you set up so but it's been a fun lake in the last month that's for sure your access is still in pretty good shape excellent shape uh <laughs> Uh, I think we talked the last time on patience at boat landing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, you know, one of my roles is also on the Rainy Lake Sports Fishing Club, and, and we just provided the material for a large, very large fishing pier on um, Rainy Lake. And um, it was in, in uh, coordinates with the Voyagers National Park um, maintenance crew, and, and they, they did a bang-up job building a wonderful uh fishing pier there and that's right in that boat landing area and the first day we had an initiation it was last saturday and um, we had over 200 people come and um, participate in we had the rain sports fishing crew was there we had a bunch of fishing rods Um, we caught bass and walleyes and crappies and um, i'm sure we had a northerner to break us off you know how those two the critters are uh, but the kids just had a blast, and um, so that's uh, also up by the the boat landing there. But yeah, um, patience, uh, come and enjoy part of launching your boat, and and don't make it an issue, you know. And and so, but yeah, the boat landing's in great shape. There's a handful of them up there, and there's been ample parking there as well. So, um, but yeah, come on north. A lot more to learn about what's going on on Rainy Lake with Bruce G later on. But up next, we'll find out what's happening in the Brainerd Lakes area with Mandy Urich. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, checking back in with Mandy Urich. She is the pride of Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Abandoned her state for the Gophers, but uh, still, uh, we love her here in Minnesota. Mandy, welcome back to the show. Oh, you're, you're crushing me here. Hopefully, my family doesn't listen to this. 
Hey, we're glad you're in Minnesota. I mean, we won't. We... I'm glad I'm in Minnesota. There's a reason I came and I never left. Well, of course, we're we're having a a tough year. Everybody's having a tough year in one way or another in the outdoors. Uh, for people who go after edibles, there's just none to get. Um, for people who go fishing, if there's a lot of their favorite lakes, they can't even get on anymore, uh, Mandy, because of these uh, accesses and low water, and it's getting to be a real kind of a crisis. It's, it, it, we're, we are at critical crisis. Uh, yeah, I, I keep looking at the drought maps across the state, and every day the percentage just keeps going up for, for counties in severe drought. Uh, you know, so it's, I feel like we're being a little bit selfish on the fishing side. I really do worry about, you know, our farmers. Um, but yes, in the lakes, uh, they've been low all season long and just to continue to watch them drop, like physically every week I can watch them drop. And now we actually have lakes, awesome lakes that you cannot even access because there's not enough water at the boat ramp, mm. um, to be able to get onto the lake or now not even being able to access large bay is going from bay to bay because the water is so far down that uh you know if there's a sandbar that runs across it or you know a small rock ledge that you you can't draft over the top of it i I just i haven't seen anything like this and i've seen you know in in two decades and we just don't really seem to have a you know maybe a sparser rain here or there but nothing significant coming in it it, it is crazy i'm a little bit older than you uh, for, well, unfortunately, I'm a lot older than you. But anyway, I don't remember anything like this in my lifetime. It's 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 an, it's just crazy. I, I will say that though, um, I can remember back in the '80s on Devil's Lake and Black Tiger Bay, where there's a sunken road that goes across that bay, and in the '80s, when the water level was so low, you'd actually have to stop, pull up your motor, and drag your boat across this little sunken road. Wow. Well, Obviously, we all know what happened with Devil's Lake, and that road's now probably 68 feet underwater, but (laughs) (laughs) other than that, I don't have anything here in Minnesota yet to significantly relate to. But, I mean, it's just something people need to be aware of. You just can't plan to just, I'm going to go try this lake today. You you know, look carefully. Don't try to get in unless you know for sure, uh, because, you know, Plantagenet in our area, you know, if you don't live on that lake, very, very difficult to get on it now. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. And, you know, it's not even if you can get on, it's if you can get off. And people need to be really cognizant about that. Um, it, it's, it's obviously a little bit easier with a roller trailer, but if you have a bunk trailer um, and you're thinking that you're going to power load, that's when it comes a really dangerous situation of taking out a prop, um, which I really don't like power loading anyways. It destroys landing, you know, it blows them out, but... Just, just to be yeah, real cognizant when you're on the water. I've been doing this all season long where even shallow areas, you know, like I said previously, like I have changed the color scheme on my graph so that anything that was on the map, right, because it's a map and we're not talking about what the actual transducer's reading is four feet or less, I've actually been going up to a drifting across and finding that, yeah, well, guess what? If you would have thought that you're going to be on plane because that map says it's four feet and you're going to go across it thinking that you're fine, you wouldn't have made it across it. Right. Yeah, and, you know, getting your motor fixed ain't cheap. So you want to, you want to make sure you know what you're doing here. Um, the yeah. other thing that, I you know, worries me, Mandy, uh, are you hearing, you know, you, you you have people in the know, and you're one of those smart people, too, that can figure these things out. Um, adversity to the fishery right now, is, is it affecting the fish in a negative way? I know there's some people saying, you know, in the winter we might see a lot more uh, because of lack of oxygen when the ice covers, but but right now, are we seeing anything? 
definitely. Uh, you know, we are big worried this time of year with low water levels, super high water temps is, is, are those algae blooms, right? When you get those big green, blue algae blooms, they're catastrophic. Uh, that's when we start seeing massive fish kill off. Uh, and then that just continues to, to lead to more issues, right? Going into winter, obviously. Yes. When, you know, we get deep snow or the, the snow blocks the sunlight and all the plants start to die. But basically what that green blue algae is doing and on top of it, you know, sucking out the oxygen and producing a bunch of carbon dioxide and, those, those shallower lakes, uh, the smaller bodies of water, uh, the ones that are darker, it's gross. It's mm. green pea soup, thick, disgusting. You know, that's, that's dangerous. It's not only dangerous to fish, but, I mean, those aren't good, too, for, you know, people of pets or, you know, swimming or anything like that. It's not a good situation, but I, I just don't even know what to, to say right now. I, I've seen some lakes that, because the water temps and the water levels drop so much, that vegetation, thick, thick, uh, what should be submergent vegetation is completely now choking out these bodies of water. So what's going to happen with that? Eventually they're going to die and then they're going to create a bunch of carbon dioxide and then that itself can lead to, to fish kills. So we keep saying let's just keep praying for rain and some cooler temps, but we, we need it. We need it across the state for, for so many reasons, but it needs to come soon. Oh, yeah, yeah it really does. Uh, for, like you said, so many reasons. Groundwater, you know, <laughs> lake water, river water, all of it. Uh, we need a lot of water. Well, okay, if you get on the lake and you do go fishing, um, are there some good spots to find some fish right now? August is always known as the dog days. It seems, you know, especially with, like, bass fishing or walleye fishing or even pike fishing, because those fish are going to are gonna move. It's going to be based on... Uh, oxygen levels on cover, you know, different things. Normally the pike would start to move out into deeper waters. Um, so with the walleye and, and the bass themselves are more likely to, to, to move out onto those weed line edges and also be in deeper water. Um, I mean, right now, I, I feel like you can't go wrong and putting the boat in, you know, anywhere from 17 to 19 feet of water and fishing that outside weed line edge, you're going to catch a lot of species. But with that said, it's it's all based on what that uh, water clarity in that body of water is. You know, there's certain bodies of water, like Leech Lake, that if you're bass fishing over three feet of water, you're, you're fishing too deep. Where other lakes, if you're fishing under 15 feet of water, uh, you know, you're you're fishing too shallow. It's There's a bunch of factors that go in there, but the, the fish are there. Um, the bite on the lake has been interesting. Normally, I'd be finesse fishing this time of year. Um, and then depending on reaction base and early morning or low light situations at night. And that hasn't been the case. Uh, the reaction bite has still been very good. It's all about how to get that bait to the depth that you want. So the bass have really been burying in. I mean, the thickest vegetation you can. So we're not quite at a, at a big jig flipping bite yet. But if you can have uh, heavy spinner baits, heavy chatter baits, things like that, where if you're in, 18 feet of water and throwing up to let's say 9 to 13 feet that you're giving that bait time to fall in that water column so it's pulling through that vegetation where those fish are kind of hunkered down in um river for for so you know for the most part the mississippi and even the, the curling here um are low there's definitely now a, a, a big portion up the mississippi that you could access previously with that is, is, in, is not accessible right now, not even with a jet boat. 
so that that's been interesting but the the water clarity in itself the rice production is is fantastic which does you know provides habitat for for insects and invertebrates and the fish like to hang out there too so that that's looking great but yeah she's going to be slow for a little bit <laughs> you know it's until this water temp starts to cool um nothing's feeling good about the, about it and mm. water temps or low <clears throat> excuse me um Water levels, especially in the river, are going to push those fish in different directions that they normally uh, would be. Uh, normally, I love a good slop bite in a back bay. Uh, those back bays right now are 100% choked out. You're starting to see vegetation die off, so you're going to start dealing with some oxygen or lack of oxygen in those back bays where those fish are going to actually push out. So in those cases, the mouth of those bays um, are going to be a, a better situation for, for fishing. For, um, and catching multiple species. You mentioned wild rice. Uh, are you a ricer? I am not a ricer. <laughs> but you're observing, is it going to be a good year? You, it sounded like you said the rice was doing well. Yeah. So obviously, but given my, my biology background, I'm, I'm privileged to work with a bunch of shallow lake specialists. Who, that's what they do. They manage the wild rice. Um, and it's, it's gangbusters so far, right? With Normally, um, the, the worry is that the rice is going to be flooded out in the early stages. That can be caused just from a lot of rain, or it can be caused uh, by beaver damming, things like that. Water fluctuations um, really are, are detrimental to the to rice. But with the water being low, for the most part, the, the rice, anywhere that I've seen around here, it looks amazing because we haven't had any high water events. Okay. Should be good year for everybody. All right. Um, well, you know what? Um, we are actually getting into that time of year where we start getting ready, at least, to uh, to do some uh, bear baiting and bear seasons upon us. Uh, you going to be able to go after bear? No, I'm in year four. <laughs> <laughs> so every year I put in, and this is my year four. So I guess the deal is you're pretty much guaranteed at year five. You put in all those, you know, that time to. Um, to be able to get a tag, obviously, I would love to hunt my own property. I have bear on my property. Mm. Um, so in the meantime, what I do, you know, years two through four, so while I'm waiting to get a tag to hunt my own property, um, I head up to the northwest to the Nokota zone. So I, I, I plan on ma- making it up there. Um, it's become kind of an annual deal, which is really neat uh, to hunt with my sister. And she wasn't a really big hunter, um, and now she is shot three bear in three years up in the no quota zone and it's it, it's it's pretty awesome experience to go up there and, and do that with her she's she's an itty bitty little thing and kind of cute like a barbie but she's one heck of a shot okay <laughs> that's a um it sounds like it should be a great bear year because there hasn't been a lot of food in the woods and baiting should be almost a no-brainer a slam dunk this year Yes, with the lack of berry production with the drought and obviously uh, not a great acorn production um, and a lot of that is starting to fall uh, even now quite early. So isn't that what always happens? We get right into bear season and then it's just like all the acorns fall and they've yeah. got all this berries and they've got all this natural forage and then they, they're not hitting those base early, right? Like the, if you can get them in, they're getting in, getting them in late. Or, you know, right at the end of the season when that, you know, temperature changes make a huge switch. So I think, yeah, it could be a gangbuster year. So if we were to go out and try to catch some fish this weekend, uh, basically it's time to be, if you aren't bef- haven't been until now, it's time to be a multi-species angler. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I get frustrated, but, 
if you, if you want to go and, and target one species specifically, uh, you can do it, but you need to be cognizant about it. You know, a lot of the pike guys love to jerk bait, right? Uh, they love throwing spinner baits. You can do that. You can catch them on finesse baits too. But be, you know, think about it. If it's bass or it's walleye or if it's, it's pike, um, either start deep and work shallow or shallow and work yourself deep. Really pay attention to your graphs and what you're seeing, not only on the depth, but the vegetation and what you're marking for fish. If you're seeing a bunch of forage or sunfish or bait balls, things like that to pay attention to and being able to go through a whole line of your tackle to be able to put those lures at the depth that they need to be. She's, uh, you know, I don't care where she came from. She's definitely one of us now. Minnesota's own Mandy Urich. Hey, Mandy, thanks for taking the time today. It was great to have you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's time now for a podcast exclusive. Well, checking in with Steve Sapaniak of the incredible Predator Guide Service once again and uh, heading over to the uh, Mille Lacs Lake area. Um, you know, uh, Steve, been hearing a lot of stuff about it's been pretty tough for muskies now, if for no other reason than the water is just so darn warm, is that the case on Malax as well? You know, you know, Kevin, it is. It is. It's been the case. You know, up until about two days ago, you know, mm. warm temperatures. Last about a week, week and a half ago, I had a stretch there. You know, I had like four trips, five trips where we didn't even see a fish. We didn't even get a northern pike. Water temperatures were spiking up to 77, 78 plus degrees. You know, and I, I hate those water temperatures, so I try to start everybody at the crack of dawn before the sun comes up. That helps a lot. But the last couple of days, Kevin, things have been turned around. Water temperatures back down to 74. We're tying into some nice pike. We're seeing muskies. We're having musky hits. And uh, back yesterday, uh, we were out on Mille Lacs Lake. Uh, I'm not going to mention the spot, but I <laughs> gave uh, a bumblebee color pattern, baby beaver, to uh, one of my clients, his son. Nice gentleman, young guy from from uh, the Brainerd area, you know, and uh, he was throwing it out, and he had a muskie grab it and start charging the boat with it. He got about four cranes trying to catch up the line and set the hook. Unfortunately, nothing happened, but the fish lay, left awake, and the noise you could hear for about a block. The noise was just incredible, the thrash it made, and the wake was about six to eight feet around, so it was no small fish. So things are starting to pick up again, Kevin, as far as water temperature helping the fish. Yes, it is. Things cool down a little bit. That has helped immensely. Um, yeah, and, you know, a lot of people uh, get really concerned about the health of the fish if you're if you're fighting them when the water is so warm. So it's good to see the temps go down a little bit. Let's just hope that trend continues. Oh, exactly right. You know, and, and you know, you mentioned a good point about you know fighting the fish. I know I've heard a couple people say, "Get them in, horse them in as fast as you can." Seriously, you're not going. You do not want to horse in a big fish as fast as you can. A muskie will fight you to the death. It'll die before it gives up. What you, my opinion, you know, and probably a better idea is instead of horsing that fish to the boat, loosen up that drag and take your time. The fish will wear itself out. It won't be worn out to the point of exhaustion. It'll wear itself out where you can release it nicely right there in the water. Just take a pair of hookouts and let it go. If you have to net it, bring it in, release it, get it back in the water, pump it a few times, get it going. Now, that's one thing, too, Kim. When you pump a fish, I see everybody doing the right, the first step right. You shove them forward real quick. That's perfect. You do not bring them back fast. You will drown them. Water going through the gills, the opposite direction will drown a fish. So keep that in mind. But, yeah, take your time. Play the fish. Have fun. Do not horse it. You can release a good green fish yet instead of horsing a fish and trying to release one that's worn out and ready to die from exhaustion. You know, and, and for, for guys who muskie fish a lot and catch a lot of muskies, 
um, you know, the battle is the thing. So a lot of them right now are just keeping them in the water, taking a, a picture of them on the top of the water, and then just not even pull them out. And that's that's probably the best way to do it. It's tough when you got a client who never gets to catch muskies and really wants that picture, though. That's true. That's very, that's a very, very good point, Kevin. That's really true. I just assume let them go right there in the water. If it's up to me and I'm with another seasoned angler, we just unhook, unhook them right there in the water. If they insist on a picture and everything, like I said, we bring them in gently with a net, you know, hold them down so they don't thrash. I'll have uh, my client wear a pair of gloves. I'll hand him the fish, have him sit down, or, you know, so if in case it does flop around, it stays in his lap. That's the safest way to do it, folks. Uh, but, uh, Kevin, you're absolutely right. If you can, unhook them there in the water, let them go. Uh, unfortunately, when my position, it's not always the case. I have to <laughs> I have to appease the client and get some good pictures of them, and I'm happy to do it, too. Um, so how have uh, the fish been biting besides muskies? What are you hearing about uh, other fish species right now in Mille Lacs and other lakes? Uh, good question, Kevin. Right now the walleyes are doing pretty good out there in the flats and over there in the gravel pits. Anywhere from early in the morning to about 12 feet of water down to 26 feet of water, you know, the walleyes are there. They're doing pretty good. One thing to keep in mind, folks, pulling up walleyes from that deep of water, take your time. Let them come up slow. Don't horse them in, too, because they're going to die, okay, not being able to release the air fast enough from the bladder. Something to keep in mind, smallmouth bass, Kevin, have been slow. We're catching them and everything, but it's been a little slow. There are two in deeper water right now, anywhere from 16 to 24 feet. Uh, drop shot rigs have been doing real good, and net rigs have been doing good. One thing to keep in mind is leave these rigs stationary for a longer time than normal. A lot of times these fish are stressed out from the heat, and smallmouth are no different. They'll sit and look at a bait, and if you can leave it sit there for a while, they'll probably figure, hey, what the heck, it's a free meal and take it. Uh, panfish have really slowed down around the area, catching a lot of four to a pound sunfish. Uh, crappies are non-existent right about now unless you know to get into the deeper water on the edge of the bulrushes with cabbage weeds. That's the key factor. The crappies will be hanging there. But they've been real slow because of the conditions and everything, the water temperatures. Give it a couple of weeks, folks, to let the temperatures get down a little bit, and the panfish will start to pick up again. Largemouth bass, Kevin, on the other hand, is going pretty good. You had some good luck with your grandson. You were telling me earlier and everything on the largemouth mm-hmm. bass. They're doing good around the Malaxic area as well. Uh, nothing great as far as size-wise, you know, but uh, two, three-pounders, they're fun to fight with every day. Okay. Um, let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, you, you brought up a really good point that I think we, sh- we should talk about um, before we went on the air. Um, you, you had some guide clients out that were talking about their lakes that they live on and that they're noticing a lot of people are not behaving and breaking the law. Um, that, that tip line, man, that tip line. People got to remember to use the tip line. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, I know people who do it. I'm sure every listener out there, God love you, and we all do, because a lot of them tell me to listen to our show. It's a, you're doing a great job, Kevin. But there's a lot of you out there who know people who are keeping more than their limit. Seriously, they're stealing from you, me, and your grandchildren. Now, let me inform you a little bit here, because I'm a little paranoid about doing things, too, until I check with it. If you call a tip, you do not, and I repeat, you do not have to give them your name. Okay, right. so you're in the clear. What you do give them is say, hey, I see this boat, give them the license uh, number of the vehicle that boat is from, or give them the boat number. Just call them up and say, hey, this person's on our lake every day. I know he's keeping more than he should. By law, tip, the game wardens will go to that person's house, and they will check the freezer. And if the person has a bunch of fillets frozen, they will make sure that those fillets are in thought and counted for. You know, help us out, folks. You know, like I said, you know people who are keeping more than their limit. I mean, there's hundreds, there's thousands of them in Minnesota. I remember just a couple of years ago, they nailed one guy with 1,500 sunfish fillets over his limit. 
That's ridiculous. Wow. Another thing, Kevin, that's really hurting Minnesota right now, and I know there's a lot of guys and gals who may not like what I'm going to say, and really, I don't care. <laughs> it's social media, the fishing forums. I have seen lakes totally raped and decimated. Case in point, little Shakopee. Someone opened up their mouth about Shakopee Lake, just west of Mille Lacs Lake. There's, for years, only 50, 60 people would fish it and everything, and that was it. Well, this last winter, I quit counting at over 300 people. Right now, that lake is going to be you know, in rough shape as far as the number of fish left. And the DNR said that's enough. Next year, the limit of sunfish on Shakopee is five. That's just one of many, many more lakes that are going to be limited. Uh, someone on the fishing forum a few years ago talked about the great crappie bite we used to have on Malax Lake. We used to catch crappies, folks, up to 17 inches, take pictures and put them back in the hole, ice hole gently. Well, some little person thought he was cool to let everybody know and he had bragging powers exactly what time of year to go on Malax Lake, told him exactly where to go on Malax Lake, gave him GPS coordinates where to go, and told him what lure to use. A friend of mine called me up. He was just livid, told me about it. I went there three days later. That little area that had those crappies in it, Kevin, went from 30, 40, 50 guys. That was it for years. Again, I quit counting at over 250. Mm. I walked by a guy, Kevin, who pulled out a nice crappie. He had it declared to everybody as he threw it in his ice pail, this is my third kid's limit. And the guy next to him said, sir, where the heck's your kids? He goes, oh, they're back at our house in Maple Grove. And the guy on the other side of him said, sir, you're only allowed your limit, you dummy. What do you do with everybody else's limit? That guy grabbed his pail and ran off the lake. Uh. Folks, keep your stuff to yourself. Social media does not need to know about all these lakes that are good fishing. You're just ruining it for everybody. And if you think you're being cool opening up your mouth, people, and telling people, you're not. You look like a fool. Excuse me, but I get a little adamant about this conversation as far as social media and people keep it over their limit. We all got to help out and do our part. So call up tip and keep a good area quiet and enjoy good fishing for years. Well, and, and that's that's the thing. It's it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, we want to promote fishing and get people out fishing at the same time. Uh, too many people fishing. We Yeah, a crappie, crappie populations in particular are ones that really can crash fast when they get overfished, and it doesn't take that, that much extra people to overfish a crappie lake. No, it doesn't, Kevin. You know, it reminds me of a few years ago, my wife and I and one of my sons were on the lake. I could hear the guy in that little little pop-up uh, fish house next door, you know, just playing canvas. He made three phone calls. Hey, Tim, get all the guys over here. Get them as fast as you can tomorrow. The crappies are going good. Another phone call. Hey, Bob, get everybody here together tomorrow. The crappies are going good. I'll give you GPS coordinates. Really? Oof. It just, just makes me sick. You just want to holler at these people who are ruining it for everybody else. But then again, nowadays, I hate to say it, people don't think before they act. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's and, – and I don't know if there's any putting the genie back in the bottle when it comes to social media. That That's a tough one. But uh, over-harvest, that's that's a no-brainer. And, uh, and I, yeah, I really encourage people um, to, to use that tip line. And, and uh, it's one that's, you know – um, it's been around a long time. It's been very successful. Uh, it could be even more successful. And again, I like the point. You can remain anonymous. This is not a situation where you're, you're going to have to face anybody. The uh, the uh, uh, conservation officers will do do it uh, anonymously for you. And that's exactly right, Kevin. You got nothing to lose, folks, and everything to gain. Like I said at the beginning, Kevin, when we started this conversation about tip, they're stealing from you and I and your grandchildren. You remember, folks, you want your grandkids to enjoy fishing. Call up tip when you see someone over-harvesting, and if you have a good fish bite going, keep it to yourself and enjoy it for years. 
Well, if we were going to go out fishing this weekend and we wanted to see a few muskies, where's the best place to find them right now? I mean, kind of general topics for any lake that has muskies. Where are they hanging out this time of year? Well, that's a great, great question, Kevin. Right now, this time of year, you know, they're going to be on the rocks. You can check the rocks out early in the morning. Uh, there'll be muskies this time of year hanging around the rocks as far as a lot of them. Not really a lot of them at this time of year, but they're starting to. Deep water weed basins that are right part of the main basin itself, like Vineland Bay. Here's a good example, Kevin. Vineland Bay on Mille Lacs Lake is just a small, small indentation of the land, but it's got a weed bed that's a mile long and three-eighths of a mile wide. And it's got deep water right next to 21 feet. That has huge fish in it all year round. So anywhere you can find deep weeds, you know, you're going to find muskies, Kevin. A lot of bars and flats on Mille Lacs Lake with uh, weeds on them. They're going there. That's where my gentleman yesterday evening lost that big one on the baby beaver. And uh, talk about lures. There's been a couple of them that have been hot on muskies, Kevin, this time of year. You know, baby beaver has been definitely one of them. Uh, Rad dogs has been another good one. Phantoms and Grim Reaper lures have been fantastic this time of year, too. But the deep water weeds early in the morning before the sun comes up, folks, and late in the evening, uh, you feel a little love tap. I'm serious. You feel a little tap or something, think it's a weed, set the hook as hard as you can. If it's a weed, you rip free. If it's a muskie, you got a smile on your face. <laughs> hey, Steve, if we want to catch some Malax muskie or pike and uh, want a good guide, uh, how do we get a hold of you? Well, thank you. I mean, I'd rather be lucky than good. Check out my website, folks, predatorguideservice.com, all one word, or give me a call. My home number is 320-253-7535. Leave a message, and my wife, my little secretary, gets a hold of me. I'm up at the lake guiding all the time, and we got a little cabin there. Or call my cell number, folks, 320-333-2935. Four, one. It'd be fun to get together with you and make things happen. Steve Sapaniak, thanks for your time today as always. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking back in with Bruce Dean of Rainy Lake Guides. You know, you have alluded to it um, before, and, and but before we actually got rolling, you were talking about the fact that every guy up there could have had multiple trips every single day. You know, and and in the past, you know, we get a lot of calls for guides that are kind of last minute, and we, we'll fill them in. Um, of the 23, 24 guides in the guide association right now, they're going every day that they want. And, you know, to guide on Rainy um, in Voyagers National Park, you need to have a Coast Guard captain's license. And there are a few out there that are guiding that shouldn't be that don't have it. Um, but, you know, if you look at the Rainy Lake Guide Association or Rainy Lake Guiding websites, Facebook page, you'll find a list of the, the guides that are available and you can contact them. But um, it's with Canada being closed and, and the fish being in different places, the layman fishermen out there that's that's going out for the weekend was struggling at first. So we got a lot of phone calls like, hey, can I get a half a day guide or, you know, and, and I know a lot myself and a lot of my guides are going two, three trips a day, you know, so they're starting at 7, 8 a.m. and they're guiding till 8, 9 at night. You know how the saying, make money when the hay is shining, or make make hay when the sun is shining, or yeah. money, or I don't know, Kevin. How make something. Goes, but Yes. And, uh, you know, so they're busy, and, and uh, you know, a lot of it, Canada closure. Guys aren't getting, going to Lac Seul or Red Lake, Ontario, or wherever, and they're going as far north as they can, and voila, here's Rainy Lake. So um, you were saying, you know, you got to be ready to be diverse and, and try new things. 
how patient do you need? I mean, how long do you spend on a spot before you say, all right, it's time to try something new? Right. You know, and the, the nice thing about being a guide is we're on them every day. And, you know, if, if, if you want to go out and catch fish right away, hire a guide. And then they're going to lead you in a direction for the rest of the week or the rest of the weekend or whatever it is. But, um, you know, thankfully, on Monday if we're out fishing and, and we're on them, Tuesday morning the fish are probably going to be similar or in a close spot. They might move a little bit shallower. But basically you're handing off. And that's the nice thing about being on them every day. Um, but if, if I go to a new spot, which I've had I, I, with all the boats on rainy this year, I've fished different reefs that I've, I haven't fished in 30 years. And I'm, I'm using my electronics more than I ever have because all my spots are taken, if you know what I mean. You know? And they're not my spots, but they're fish that they're spots where I've caught fish on for years and there'll be two, three boats at it. I, I will never fish next to someone else if I can help it. So, um, but with that said, it's it's a matter of 15, 20 minutes trying different fish, trying different things. You know, if I have a, a good group in a boat that know how to fish, I'll fish over fish for five, ten minutes. If they're not biting, we'll go to a different pot of fish or a different depth, or you know, we'll have different species on. So, um, but moving, be versatile, and um, you know, don't. Don't overfish a spot. If a fish isn't hitting and you're seeing him on its grass, um, yeah, it's it's time to relocate. Well, we didn't get a lot of new product in any uh, manufacturing field this past year, really, including the fishing field. But they just had the new iCast show. Uh, have you gotten anything new or tried anything new that you're pretty excited about right now? You know, I I, I I'm a Lindy rig type of guy. Um, I, I've I've really been experimenting. Um, with with different types of hooks with that um you know i I have different i've been using different types of sinkers the slip through um going with different types of of um slow death and and experimenting with different things there um the one thing i've been doing a lot of is different jigging wraps and it seems like everybody out there is making a jigging wrap right now and the northlands are are really top of the line that i've found um but the jigging wraps have have not been seeing the success that that the plain tail hook Lindy rig is, and the fish I think are just I I don't know how to describe it, but they're full. We had about a six week long mayfly hatch, so it was they were kind of indulging in ice cream after they had ribeye for a full day, right? Mm. So that's that's kind of what the fish were were feeding like. But yeah, you know I. I the jig and wraps are, have, have been very successful. The one thing that I've, I've done, uh, you know, in quite a few trips is been I've been trolling for big pike and trolling for big northerns. I've been using all kinds of different digging, digging um, husky jerks and all kinds of different things. And, and I, it, it doesn't matter if, if, if I see something on sale or if I see something that's a color match that I really like, I'll try it. Uh, and uh, I've been having a lot of different success with that, a lot of fun catching the bigger pike. But it's it's try something out. If you see fish on the grass and they don't hit it, try something different. And, and uh, like I said earlier, be versatile. I'm assuming rainy like any lake in Minnesota is going to be pretty uh, pretty awesome once fall bite kicks in. The, the part that's going to be fun, and, and it's, it's fun, but it's also hard on fish. Um, but, you know, starting probably middle to end of august through september 15th the bait fish go deep they go in from 38 to 44 feet of water and that's where they're the fish will be in the mud 
and that's where the bait fish are. And, and the bait fish are putting on their fall feed bag, and therefore the walleyes do. And catching a fish from 40 feet of water is hard on the fish. Um, take it up slow, take it easy, but the, the bite is really on for the next few weeks. And that's, that's a fun fishing time on rainy is that fall bite. And, you know, I, I think if you get a chance, you know, the listeners out there, if you can make a trip up to rainy, do a few hours of fishing, but, you know, see the sights of, of rainy, you have the dark green evergreens. You got the Norways and white pines that are, that are dark green. You have rainy, which is a dark blue and then inside of that, you have all the hardwoods, the birch, the popple, the maple, and they turn at different colors. But you have the uh, definitely rainbow colors. Um, the fall bite is fun, but the fall colors are amazing as well. It's worth a ride boat ride up there. You know, that's uh, that to me is what I really like about fishing. It isn't just fishing, although I do love to catch fish. It's being in a lake. It's looking around. It's hearing the loons, watching the eagles, or all that stuff. That is... Uh, if that's not there, it's it's not the same experience. You know, and, and this year there's been a lot of people from all over the world that wanted to see a national park. So they, you know, they have the national park booklet. They want to see every park, and COVID's a great time to do that, right? So they're going to these parks, and they get to Voyagers National Park, and they're like, you need to have a boat to see the park, you know. So I'll get a lot of phone calls, hey, can you do a tour this evening? And, and so I, I will I will oblige and pick them up and take them for a boat ride. And the thing about Voyagers is there's a million eagles around and the the eagle population is soaring. Get it? Soaring. And <laughs> a great um, viewing opportunity for those that don't get to see eagles often. And the amount of fish that the eagles have swooped up, um, the talons from an eagle, um, just the other day we had uh, a northern that, that uh, gullet hooked a, a hook and it and it didn't make it, mm. so it was floating and we were miraculously right by an eagle. That eagle takes off and as it swooped, the talons grabbed on and it was maybe thirty feet from the boat. The the clients that day were in awe; they couldn't believe that that eagle could pick up that five six pound northern. But it did struggle to get out of the water. But the video that we had for that was awesome and. Uh, yeah, that's also on the Rainy Lake Guiding Facebook page if you want to check that out. Okay. There's been a lot of that this year. Just the sightseeing in the National Park and Rainy has been outstanding. Well, if we want to take a sightseeing tour or a fishing tour or any sort of uh, tour with uh, a great guide, Bruce, how do we get something set up with you? Well, yeah, again, check out Rainy Lake Guiding, um, you know, that Facebook page or the website that has all my contact on it. 763-238-7507 is my cell phone. Um, we have a lot of guides that are... Uh, available probably not during the day but definitely in the evening and um, look forward to communicating with you if you want to come up and you're listening to the radio show say you listen to it here and if you're friends with kev i'll give you some good advice and we'll go from there so <laughs> but um, it's definitely a great place to check out and if, if you have a long weekend or an evening or whatever come up to rainy the fishing is great and the scenery is outstanding very very cool uh, I'm looking forward to that fall bite as well. Bruce, as always, it's great to hear from you, and we uh, we can't make it uh, as long this time. We'll have to check in, oh, maybe early October and see how things are going up there. Sounds great, Kev. Always fun chatting with you. Well, the weekend is here. Get out there, go fishing, have a lot of fun. And, again, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, you may want to because that's how you get exclusive podcast coverage of Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Fish hail! Bye-bye. Cause we, cause we.